Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Dr. Ripper. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before I pass the mic over to this week's host, just something real quick. I was asked recently, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, there are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on the platform you're currently listening to us. Number two, definitely subscribe to the podcast. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode and others with them. Number four, you can support our sponsors, soon-to-be sponsors. And number five, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me, Cousin Bailey, at CousinBailey at gmail.com about being a sponsor. Now, this week's host is a familiar face, voice for y'all. And in the words of Dr. Rippick, God, I hate you. Gus, you're back up. What an amazing week. Not really, but I was over 500. Everybody else was not. So standings, I have I have a three-game lead now. I'm 42 and 32, 10 games over 500. I went four and three last week. Malt Liquor, a little bit of a slip, 39 and 35. He went two and five. Dr. Riffick at 500, 37 and 37. He went three and four last week. Man, when it rains, it pours. Cousin Bailey, 28 and 46, 18 games under 500. He went... One and a six. respectable one in six. It's not my year. I'll say that. It's not my year. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say that. So I think we'll just get into what everyone's drinking. Malt, what you got, buddy? Uh, so I just finished Pacifico from the tailgate Sunday, and I'm getting into the from Cigar City High Voltage IPA, kind of a reference to our Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's pretty good. I've had it before. All right. Nice IPA. Cuz, what you got, buddy? Um, I am drinking uh, Michter's. Michter's bourbon. Still a huge fan. Always have been. Um, fortunately, I think that's all I have to add. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about for the games, but um, I've got some Stellas in the in the fridge here, but Michter's. Make sure as it is. Doctor. Drinking uh, a little bit of a hazy IPA from the best brewery in Tucson. And that drink? is some Dragoon? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I just kind of. Are you drinking that out of a coffee, coffee mug? Coffee? No, it's a okay. Yeti. Yeti? Asshole. Right. What you been drinking? Uh... Prior to this, buddy. Prior to this, it's no longer sober October, whatever he called it. <laughs> I don't see why we have to fucking throw darts at people and their negativity. <laughs> so I, was about, <laughs> I did have eight, seven. All right, maybe eight. Eight what? Oh, fireballs. Yeah. Oh, yeah there I, you go. Yes. Yeah. I'm on. There you go. I'm on point. Firing up on the fireballs. Let's bring it. Well, I'm red, drinking the, the red wave. How about, how about you? I, uh, I think you can uh, drink more. I think you can drink fireballs faster than it takes an average election worker in Arizona to count a fucking vote. I'm drinking a La Playita from Tank Brewing, Florida. It's down in Miami. That's right. Deep, deep red. The red wave. And for those of you worried listeners out there, I think we're going to survive Tropical Storm or now Hurricane Nicole as we're recording as the massive feeder bands that are coming off of that are now hitting this area of Florida. Not too worried about it. No. Um, if you want to learn more, read a fucking map. Yeah, when I... Uh, hilarious. When I... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Some people were hinting at evacuating, whereas I just said I wasn't fucking concerned at all. I feel like we're going to basically. I like you not read a map. You have no memory. It was it was about power outages, not evacuating. Yeah, not evacuating. I was. I said about to start talking. I was clearly being hyperbolic. 
in you know completely wrong and erroneous to trying to be funny. I uh, I feel like we're probably gonna get similar weather that I got when I evacuated a steward because land uh, landfall. I mean, excuse me, because uh, Gus, oh. when you were on the East Coast, didn't you you got it was rain and dre- rainy and dreary and windy, right? Yeah, you it was were, rainy when you're in dreary. Yeah, I mean, I feel I, like was, that's basically what we're gonna get here, and I'm not. Yeah, probably less rain. I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know, but loyal listeners, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll make it through. If I end up yeah. dead, it's... <laughs> we were locked in the same house together. Oh, my kids are off school for one day. They were off Monday, Tuesday. Went back today, and then today at about one o'clock, they said school's canceled tomorrow. The back up on Friday, so. On Veterans Day, can you believe it? I'm They're not even told to wear black. Like uh, Billy Napier is going to have the Gators wear black in a couple of years. Yeah. All right, so I think we'll get into it. That's probably the and best. There's a lot to talk about, but I think we'll talk about all we have to talk about while we uh, discuss the games. Because, buddy, you're up. <clears throat> I am up. So this is a noon game. A lot of disrespect shown to Tennessee, obviously based on their opponent, but they got uh i would like to say i would say exposed last week uh i am so stupid obviously i mean i don't think i'm you know what you can't really judge a team's performance or a week on the way i pick because i am so stupid but last week uh georgia excuse me yeah well georgia had their way with tennessee um more so than i thought was going to be possible or thought was going to happen um it was, uh, I guess, like, it wasn't, like, the score says 27-13, but it never seemed like it was, I mean, did it? I, I don't, I mean, I was kind of riding my, uh, the, the Gator high, but, I mean, Tennessee didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter, so it was 27-6 to for, like, almost the whole game. I mean, you know, like, from the third quarter on. Georgia just owned the first half, and... Every time I thought Tennessee was going to, you know, make, you know, rebound, make a little comeback, score a touchdown here, Georgia had an answer for them defensively. And it was, uh, it was illuminating. Um, Georgia's had their struggles, but I mean, you know, it's kind of funny, like Georgia struggles early on a little bit. Um, They, they, you know, have to eke one out against Missouri on the road. And, uh, you know, I want to like light the whole thing on fire. But, you know, if I, you know, would step back from like a thousand feet and look at it, 10,000 feet and look at it like the uh, the Gators, when we were winning national championships in the 2000s, we had struggle. We had games that, you know, struggle and then blew them out when it counted, things like that. So I think my bias against Georgia has uh, unfortunately crept its ugly head. Um, I thought Tennessee was going to be a good story. Now, that being said, I mean, they can still make it into the playoffs as a four seed uh, that's, that's actually still on many people's boards. So whatever um, last week, uh, Missouri came back down. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. They came back down. They lost to Kentucky when they previously had just beaten. They, they are like one of the most schizophrenic teams and they're not good, but you know, a lot of the sec isn't very good and they're kind of in that, you know, Florida, you know, Florida to Missouri range, um, maybe Florida to Kentucky range. And Missouri has like kind of roller coasted their way through this season. They play Georgia good. They lose to Florida. They, they barely beat Vandy. They beat South Carolina handily. And then last week they lost to, 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 to Kentucky. Um, this spread is, uh, as I recall, it is 21 points. So Tennessee is a 21 point favorite with a 56 and a half point over under. Um, I, I, you got to wonder if whether or not Tennessee is going to be prepared uh, to come to make a strong comeback because the rest of their schedule is very easy. And that's why I thought if they could get over the Georgia hump, they were just going to cruise into Atlanta. Um, 21 points seems like a lot, a lot of points for, to a team that hasn't really been giving up a tremendous amount of points, even to aforementioned Georgia. So I think I'm going to take – I think I'm sure Tennessee is going to win this game, but I'm going to take Missouri to, uh, to beat that spread, though. Yeah, so this is a tough one. I think it's pretty pretty fair spread. Um, Missouri reminds me quite a bit of Kentucky 
Um, in fact, I, they both have top 20 overall defenses. Um, but yeah, they, they're just very vanilla. And I mean, I can't even, the only person I recognize on their own, I don't even know his name. It's like Connor or something or other because he sucks. But uh, Tennessee, I, I, I don't want to overreact to what was basically a throttling by Georgia. I mean, like you, I watched that game and it was kind of like I was in the middle of doing some yard work that I started because I was disgusted at halftime of the Gator game and came back and watched the Gator game. I was like, well, I'll see the Georgia game and, you know, keep an eye on it. And it was just like Tennessee never threatened. Right. But I don't know that that says as much about Tennessee. Maybe it says a little bit more about Georgia. Um, but like I, it, Mizzou being similar to Kentucky, I know I took Kentucky last time against Tennessee. Um, but uh, I think Tennessee is going to be a little bit sluggish. It's, it's 12 o'clock game. Uh, Mizzou is going to probably keep it close to the vest. If they can avoid turning the ball over and um, – you know, minimize the big plays. I think they can keep this close. Plus, I know Gus is going to take Tennessee, and I need to take some, make up some ground. So I'm going to uh, take Mizzou as well. I don't know. You may have convinced me, you guys, on, on Mizzou. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm actually shocked. You guys aren't that shocking. Eli Drinkwitz got a two year extension. I know we talked about him being on the hot seat last week. I believe it was last week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, he's not going to be hired by Auburn anytime soon. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i mean i just think tennessee is going to come out i think they're that offense will be will be back firing on all cylinders they're going to want to take out some frustration and missouri's the next team up so i think that's it wouldn't be surprised it wouldn't be surprising to me if this is a push i actually think this is a, a good line this is probably right where it should be and i would stay away from this if i was actually putting cashish on the line here but I'm not. I'm just putting pride with you guys. So fresh out, honey. Yeah, after uh after uh being completely bored and disappointed by that Tennessee Georgia game. Oh, that was I I blocked my whole Saturday off just for football. And I, I was very disappointed in the middle of the day. But take I'll take the balls. You know, honestly, I I, I totally agree like with what you're saying. Um it's good, I could see. Tennessee winning like 35 to three or something like that very easily, but yeah, because I'm not at all impressed with Missouri's offense. It's just, they are kind of like a, a, like a slow down the game kind of team that somehow, you know, it can frustrate teams and that could be like something that gets under Tennessee's skin. And I mean, I know it's cliche to say, don't let a team beat you twice. I don't think Tennessee's capable of losing to Missouri, but you know, maybe not beating the spread might be their way of, you know, or playing sluggish, like y'all said. So, uh, Dr. Riffick, what do you got? Too much. I will take my zoo. Shit. So, definitely Tennessee is going to cover. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. You want to make sure that Gus wins. Just make sure he's a lone wolf every time. So. I just can't know. do it. It's 21 points. Yeah. It's a Sorry. lot of points. Lone wolf. All right. So, you're, you're second – of three noon kickoffs. By the way, this week is all SEC out of conference here. LSU traveling to Arkansas. Arkansas is only a three-point dog. It's at home, but man, that just seems... Arkansas got beat by Liberty, which I called Lone Wolf. Just want to let you guys know that. Never bet against Hugh Freeze. Boom. Cheating Hugh. Cheating? Cheating Hugh. I, I know it's crooked. I know, I know. But we're making a T-shirt off of that. Yeah, it's our, the Cousin Bailey missteps. There you go. There you go. But, yeah, so this this line is kind of a joke to me. This might be my lock of the week, just looking through it. Oh, maybe one later. It, it's just a funny lock of the week. But I think this would be my lock of the week. LSU played a hell of a game against Alabama. But I was thinking about it, and maybe I should talk about this with Bama. But I want to say – Will Reichert missed a field goal in that game, right? Which game? The Bama LSU game. The Bama kicker. Yeah, right he did. There. Yep. So he missed the he missed there, and then when they lost to Tennessee, 
he missed two field goals. So AM too, I think. But they beat AM. But he lost, but he missed a field goal, though. I'm he missed a field goal, yeah. But I'm saying like in their losses. So yeah. It's a good point. If they had a competent kicker, maybe we're looking at Bama or the country's looking at Bama a little bit differently. But yeah, I, I just think LSU, Brian Kelly is right of the ship. They looked really, really good. Their offense. Jaden Daniels looks competent now. He just didn't look like a Heisman against us. He kind of looked like a Heisman against Bama as well. So I'm going to take LSU big in this game. Over under 63 and a half. LSU might get 50. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, As you said, Arkansas let me down last week. Um, Both these teams want to try to run the ball as much as they can. They have quarterbacks that can run. I just think LSU's defense is more going to be able, better able to slow down Arkansas than than the opposite. So uh, I'm going to go with the hot hand, playing to uh, maintain their rights to get to Atlanta and take uh, the Tigers as well. I mean, I, I, there's nothing else to say. This line, it's almost like it must be a mistake or something because I'm not accusing our line maker of it. I, I, I just mean, it's, this is absurd. Three points. It's LSU all the way. I mean, I, I like LSU huge. 21, 20 points. I mean, this is my lock of the week. So they're obviously going to lose. How about the Ducks terrific? Let's go Tigers. Yeah. It's a sweep. Do I have to talk, really have to talk about this next game? Yes. Vanderbilt coming off a, I think them not covering is the, well, no, it didn't. I thought I was, I was going to say going into the night, I thought I was going to pull a Ron and go an Ofer, but I, I guess I got two right. But uh, Vanderbilt was one of them, or no, Vanderbilt's shittiness allowed me to get that second win because they didn't cover last week. They are a 17 point underdog at Kentucky. Um, I just that is way too much. Kentucky is not good on offense. They only score 24 points a game. So if you think they're going to shut out Vanderbilt, then take Kentucky. But if you think they're not, then don't. Um, they've they've just they don't have it this year. Um, it took, I mean, Anthony Richardson taking a absolute dump. On, on Florida field or Spurrier field, whatever it's called now, uh, for them to beat us. And they're just not a dynamic team on offense. Will Levis is overrated. And um, I don't even care how good Vandy is. And I feel like they're a little bit frisky this year. They haven't won an SEC game yet. They're probably not going to win one, but I think they're, they're going to cover 17. So I'm taking the, the doors on the road. I'm the same way. Um no faith in Kentucky. I know they won last week. I'm not discounting the fact that they also beat Florida, but they've been just as inconsistent. I mean, I hate to kind of beat beat the same drum here and beat a dead horse, but uh, the lower or the the, the middle and below tier of the SEC is, you know, I think inconsistency is the, is the word of the year. Um, be, Be it, you know, a position, a player, a side of the ball, or just a team in general, coaching mistakes. Um, Kentucky's had inconsistent play on offense, and that has been their Achilles heel. Their defense has been fairly good, um, which is not a surprise. Obviously, they, you know, I think they, they, they gave up a number, a number of points to Tennessee. And as I recall, I think they still have uh, Georgia on their schedule. I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure Georgia and uh, Kentucky have yet to meet. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, in Vanderbilt, it's not like a given that they're going to play like shit every single week. And that's the point. Um, wouldn't it be funny to see a Vanderbilt win this week? Um, obviously, it wouldn't move my needle at all, except I hate Kentucky, but, you know, which is so sad now that I actually hate Kentucky because they beat us. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, anchor up. Is a positive thing, according to uh, our nautical expert. Is that correct, uh, Gus? That is. If you want any type of forward movement, if you just want to be stationary in a sitting duck, then you're anchored. So anchor down is a bad thing. Yeah, you put your anchor down in a harbor to avoid a storm because you're a pussy and won't go out in it. <laughs> ah, okay, so, so I'm going to choose Vanderbilt, but also suggest 
to the national audience, uh, thousands of downloads a week, that perhaps Anchor Up should be what they say. So go doors. There's got to be a better, better nautical term that doesn't deal with a fucking anchor. Why don't you come uh, up with one, man? We can market it. Put it on a t-shirt. I put it on a t-shirt. Okay. So do they identify with a specific type of vessel? Are they like of an era? Like, well, they're the Commodores, right? Or I'm guessing Steamship, but the Commodores was, or any of the Vanderbilts, a Commodore at any point in time? Sure, they owned their own ships. I'm going to the Commodores Ball on Saturday. Maybe this is the, maybe this is the sign we need to 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 predict an absolute upset, straight up upset. Oh, this is a tough one for me. To be honest, I don't know which Kentucky team's going to show up. They played Ole Miss tough. They beat Missouri. They beat Mississippi State. They got shellacked by Kentucky and lost to South Carolina. I've been going with Vandy pretty much all year. I think there was one week that I didn't go with Vandy. But, yeah, man, it's a huge line. This is at Kentucky, right? This is Kroger Field. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the Clorox-smelling field. Yeah, I'm just, you know, just like Malt, you say, like their offense, they're not that great. But the problem is the defense, to be very honest, I have not watched about their offense. Like just watching it, giving the eye test. But they were your boys. Oh, they are. They are. Fuck it. I'll go with Andy. It's too, it, it's too much. I was going to go Kentucky to see if you guys could, you know, make up some ground. And, ah, cocky fuck. But, uh. Wow. How about the DR, the doctor? Let's go pussycats. Do you lone wolf in it? Yeah, I got to make up ground. You're going lone wolf. It's good to go lone wolf on the other side of Vanderbilt. This is true, sir. <clears throat> All right. Well, so this is the game of the week. I'm sure when, well, I mean, I know CBS has a, I guess this is probably the best. Well, CBS Most, has I mean, one of the CBS has one of the noon games too, I believe this week. Oh, they do. Well, this is all, this is going to be a competitive game. I, I don't, with you know, with top ten or top eleven ranked teams, so this, this, is, this is calling the noon one. Of course, he and Aaron, your boy Aaron Taylor, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I just hope it rains on Jenny Dell again. That was amazing. Does anybody have any tissues? Sorry, my <laughs> so this is why we can't get no sponsors. So <laughs> the three thirty game is a uh, ten ranked Alabama at eleventh ranked Old Miss. This uh, has historically been a inter some family and in-law family rivalry because my mother-in-law and my wife, Alabama fans and the rest of the family, Ole Miss. And uh, I've been to this game in, in, in Tuscaloosa, of course. And it was a lovely experience because I didn't really care who won. And my mother-in-law was happy when the game was over. And we had a wonderful time at the condo that's still for sale in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Please contact cousin Bailey at cousin Bailey at gmail.com. Um, Alabama is an 11 and a half point favorite over Ole Miss. Um, so Ole Miss coming off a bye. So I'll, I'll, we'll talk, we'll get to them in a second. Alabama um, favored by round 10, I think eight when we picked it uh, last week. I can't recall exactly. Um, I thought Alabama, I think uh, Malt and I, we're on a similar page. We thought they were going to kind of break loose. Wasn't I wasn't convinced that LSU was who now I believe they are. Um, they've kind of come out of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere because they were showing signs of progress. And I don't mean beating Florida, but I mean coming back in second halves. And um, the way they played Alabama last week was, I mean, that that was a thrilling game. It probably would have um, not been great. Well, I don't want to say, but um, it probably wouldn't have been. It probably wasn't great for some Alabama fans to watch that game because it was very stressful. Uh, but what an incredible game! What an incredible ending! Jaden Daniels, as a we've now um, you know anointed a Heisman contender, um, certainly certainly showed that he's got something out there. Um, uh, going for two. LSU going for two to beat Alabama. Now, obviously, I mean, they, they won by one point. So this is not like a situation that Alabama is like some terrible team that deserves to be dismissed. But they've 
lost two games. Um, it's unlikely they're going to make it to the playoffs. Ole Miss coming off a bye. Um, they, I believe, in pre- the, the, their previous game, they beat um, A&M. And, but, you know, as uh, Florida showed, anyone can seem to seemingly do that these days. Uh, I don't know. 11 and a half seems like a lot of points for two teams that can seemingly score. Uh, I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to suggest that Ole Miss is going to cover this spread. It's home. It's a big game. Lane has a lot to, a lot riding on this game, you know, personally, and obviously, you know, for his team, Lane Kiffin uh, being a former assistant in Alabama. So I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to say that Ole Miss is going to win, or excuse me, good God, is going to cover a fairly high scoring game in the thirties each. I, I think that's likely. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Ole Miss to beat the spread Alabama to probably win though. So that line last week for Bama, Bama was, we picked him as a 13 point favorite. Man. I was the only one who took LSU. So got it. Thank you for reminding us. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Appreciate that. I actually think this line is pretty dead on as well. I'm still extremely impressed by, Bryce Young, I love watch Gibbs run out of the backfield. Either if it's a oh, run, God. He's, he's catching a ball. So uh, good. He's from Florida, right? He's a transfer, he's, as I recall. Isn't he? Yeah, he's he, from, well, from he Georgia went, Tech, right? Georgia Tech. He transferred from Georgia Tech, but I want to say, like, I just want to know how he got out of the state of Florida. I how mean, he I went guess, to Georgia Tech. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you're picking Georgia Tech even over, over you know, the Florida teams when they're down. Like that's kind of weird. Yeah, he must have not been highly highly uh, rated coming out. But according to Wikipedia, he went to high school in Dalton, Georgia. Okay, so he's a Georgia kid. All right. So that whole conversation yeah. just went to shit. Great. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm ten games over five hundred. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with Bama here. I think they'll be able to get a few stops on Ole Miss, and. I don't think Ole Miss can stop Bama at all. So I just, man, like I said, I love watching Bryce Young play. He's so cool and calm. Boy, he makes all the right throws. He's just, he is really, really good. I don't know how good of an NFL quarterback he is because of his size, but a lot of people have overcome that. So, but yeah, give me a, give me Bama. So our good buddy uh, down in Fort Myers, uh, I was texting with him. I'm like, because normally I rolls root again. Yeah, normally I root against Bama unless they're playing like Georgia. Um, but I was rooting for Bama not just because I picked them. I like Young, and the way and he he's like, yeah, I'm with you. He also has a friend who's a big LSU fan, so that's. Uh, but he uh, he described Bryce Young as like the. Uh, the 21st century black Doug, Doug Flutie. Um, she's a little bit taller than Flutie, but that same just kind of like ability to run around and, but, you know, not really a runner, but like a, a scramble to throw kind of guy. Um, but just tons of fun to watch. Uh, with respect to this game, I'm actually going against them. I think Bama's, I, I've been bullish on Bama. I think I picked them every game or every big game. And they've let me down and they have not been good on the road all year. You know, they lost at LSU. They should have lost to Texas. They almost lost to A&M. Lost and they're just, they're, they're missing some jump this year. They commit a lot of penalties, which is unusual for a, for a uh, Nick Saban team. Like I think I said to you, Gus on Sunday, their receivers just aren't what they've been used to over the past 10, 15 years. They're not getting the type of separation. So Young just doesn't – he doesn't have a ton of help um, other than Gibbs, who's a stud. But I think, you know, at Ole Miss, laying 11 and a half, Ole Miss is a pretty good team. Uh, I just think this is way too high. Uh, the only thing that kind of makes me a little bit worried is Kiffin can sometimes do dumb shit that, like – you know, if it's part of it is because he wants to win and is aggressive, which I applaud, but it 
some of the stuff he does, if it backfires, could lead to a big, you know, big outcome. But I'm going to go and take the double-digit home underdog against a little underperforming Bama team. How about uh, Dr. Rithick? I'll take Ole Miss. It's too high. Oh, boy. I, th- I think they have a chance to win, too. Yeah, I agree. I'm elbowing about uh, Gus being a damn under- lone wolf again. Lone yeah. wolf, baby. I didn't yeah. even go last this time, but – Anytime I, uh, anytime I'm lone wolfing it, I like to throw a little bit of sauce on there. You know what I'm saying? Well, did you say sauce? Well, speaking of sauce, why don't we all just sit back for a second? Because this portion of the Bourbon Boys picking the SEC is brought to you by the Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown, with nothing but time on its hands, a friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world and the goal to become your new favorite sauce. That is pandemicsaucecompany.com and enter the code bourbonboys at checkout for a discount when you purchase three bottles, you will save $6. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. Six dollars when you purchase three bottles. Okay, pandemicsaucecompany.com. Enter code Bourbon Boys at checkout. You can select from the following, including some potential new choices blueberry ghost pepper, jalapeno apple, my particular favorite, mango habanero, pineapple reaper, and scorpion guava. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. Your four o'clock game, South Carolina heading. To the swamp. I don't know what's going on. Eight South Carolina heading to eight points, baby. Let's roll. I know eight eight point favorite. The Gators played a hell of a second half last week. Defense showed up. It didn't look like in the second half they were really missing Brendan Cox, which was uh, a sight to be seen. Princely Umanahode has a hell of a game. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to. Fifthly. Yeah, I don't know how to how to pronounce his last name, but he's he seems he seems like a rising star. Anthony Richardson had a great game in Anthony Richardson's context. He was still missing some reads. I felt he was still delayed on throwing some balls, but if he plays like that, you know, that's all he has to play. He doesn't need to be you know Tim Tebow or anything like that. Like he if he just plays at that level, the Gators are going to be 9-10 win team, I think. So, South Carolina, you know what? I was like, man, this is probably going to be a good game and everything. And then I looked at South Carolina, and they they beat Kentucky. No one here is really high on Kentucky. They beat A&M, okay. Lost to Missouri. And they beat Vandy, but it was 38-27. So, they gave up 27 points to Vandy. I know Vandy is not Vandy of old, but that's still a shit ton of points to give up to Vandy. So I'm going to go with the Gators here. I think they cover. Richardson, just be just be good. Don't need to be great. If you are great, that's fucking amazing. Just get that sixth win. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, the other side of this. I just, I agree. Richardson looks better. He, uh, he was, the big thing is he hasn't turned the ball over, but he's generally has played a lot better on the road for whatever reason than at home. I still don't understand a lot of the things we do, like not running him more. Um, and, you know, we looked good against AM in the second half, but that was against a team that had half their starters out with the flu. And so, you know, they're going to wear down. I think we did make a few adjustments on defense where we, like, basically said to Haynes King, we're not going to let you throw to wide open people over the middle of the field, make you throw it a little bit further. And he wasn't able to do that because he sucks. Um, In the doubt pressure too. Yeah. Not that um, Spencer Rattler is anything amazing, but South Carolina is a little bit frisky and I just, I could see them winning the game. So I'm going to take the points. That's kind of how I feel about it. I don't think that we have the killer instinct either. 
or we fuck up inside the red zone too often. I mean, we should have won that game by 30 points, but we didn't because we got inside the 10 two or three times and, you know, came away with no nothing or a couple of field goals. So I, I, I'm still uh, – hopefully we turn a corner, though. Yeah, we did look really good in the second half on defense. Maybe that resonated. I like that guy Ryland or Johnson Ryland or whatever his name was. He was – he and Princely were doing a good job of – setting the edge and, you know, making some things happen. So we'll see, you know, we'll see. Um, so a footnote to uh, some of the, the about our favorite reporter. So uh, the story is, and Gus knows this, but. Um, Why does Gus know this? A, a day or two at, well, he was with me when I was told the story. Okay. A day or two after the open mic incident, first of all, uh, colleagues of AP Mark Long told him that he should sue the University of Florida because it is a crime to record someone without their knowledge. Reasonable expectation of privacy. Yeah, I mean, these are, these, I don't know what, I don't know the law or whatever, and, and he said, I'm not going to sue like i'm not gonna do that but none other than scott strickland called ap mark long and apologized oh for that happening so someone told him that uaa fucked up and he <clears throat> wanted to put out that brush fire right right away um yeah and so anyway uh and i guess even uh, Strickland was saying that Napier was like, uh, he laughed about it. Yeah. So, you know, he understands. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I'm glad I took the, the non-psycho road last week, especially on uh, while we were recording, especially. My initial reaction was like anybody else's, but it was like, like, you know, and, and as I said, you know, he, you know, like it's, it's a good thing that AP Mark Long has the, had the, the fortune and I'm putting that in quotes that, you know, I know people who know him. So I wasn't going to be as harsh off the get go, but it, it also kind of brought me back to reality a little bit. I mean, who gives a shit? First of all, that's one man's opinion. Shouldn't matter. Whoa. Second of all, he might be right for a number of reasons. And third of all, who gives a shit <laughs> just to bring it back? Um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm no attorney, so please don't quote me or see, please don't rely on this. But yes, it is illegal to record someone in the state of Florida without their knowledge. Um, I, I'm sure the, I'm sure that goes under our reasonable expectation of privacy. It's whatever the Florida Constitution's equivalent to the Fourth Amendment in the United States Constitution. However, you have to have a reasonable expectation of privacy. So like if you're in a phone booth and the phone's off the hook, you can't presume that no one's listening. I think um, the issue, the issue was, it wasn't that it was on a hot mic. It was that someone from UAA released it. Yeah. No well, it was, it wasn't a live, it was a live feed though. So I don't think, I mean, it was, it was a live uh, press conference that, that was, I think it that was, was packaged by UAA and, and no, it, it, but it happened live is what I'm saying. All the press conferences are, are, are shown live and, and people heard it while the because it would happen after Billy spoke, but before some of the players came out. Right. I can't. So, yes, sure. they 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 what's it called? The God, can't R word. I, I, I think. But yes, yes. I, I mean, because had they once they got the, you know, I think just as a courtesy, once they got the word that reporters were talking on a hot mic and that it had been, um, you know, archived and, you know, on YouTube, they should have edited it. Of course I agree. But like, but my point is like, they were saying it as it was, people were listening to the press conference as it was happening. That's what I'm referring to. Yes. But I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't even know if I agree. They're fucking reporters and there's a microphone right there. Was it, was it kind of like, shitty of the of the university to do it had they known it was a contra controversial thing because honestly you kind of had to listen well you know? right that's i mean that's a good point because whoever broadcaster probably wasn't even paying attention hell no they weren't it's it not was like a simply faced 20 year old who knows right. more about computers than i'll ever know 
or 10 year old. I mean, you know, like, I mean, kids are like, you know, know more about my phone than I do. And they don't, one of them hardly, you know, it doesn't speak that way, that great. So, I mean, like. But that so intern is not a doctor of law like you. <laughs> not that, thank you, Dr. Cousin Bailey for the rest of the year. I'm just joking. Um, JD. I guess I, JD Vance, I guess I have to probably make a pick here. Are you a doctor um, of law or doctor love? No, this is Cousin Bailey. I'm holding up a pretend mic here because in a couple of weeks, I might have a real mic this professional so um i fell into the trap last week i mean I, I think i actually like promised somebody that i was as cousin bailey was going to pick the gators because i was so hyped after seeing the second half especially um it's it's just in the back of my mind it was that this is a very very terrible and also compounded by depleted texas a&m team you know they've lost five in a row now so even before the flu and the suspension of the non-starters or the non-players for that matter, they were still bad. So, um, I mean, they barely beat Arkansas. They beat them by a missed field goal that might not even have been missed or something, you know, controversial, this kind of thing. So they could conceivably have six losses at this point. Um, Jimbo is there for the long haul, which is the funniest thing on earth. I mean, he is owed $81 million if they fire him this year. And it doesn't get good for like 10 years. So um, my point is, did I fall into the honey, the, the honey trap of Florida beating a terrible team last week? Or do I think they may have turned the corner? Apparently there was a post game, or excuse me, a, a halftime kind of rallying speech on the defense. I think Ventral Miller participated highly. Um, so maybe their defense could do it. And this is a perfect team to play following up because South Carolina does not have a very good offense either. You got to watch out for their special teams. You got to watch out for their defense. But I think this is the perfect opportunity to Florida, for Florida to kind of like accentuate the illusion that they might be, that we might be back. They, we, so I'm going to take Florida, not, um, not entirely based on um, hopes and wishes. Doctor. Yeah. I have no fucking zero, right? Zero hope in this team. Not to win by eight. Maybe we win by four, five. No, that's a distinct possibility. So you're so you're taking the cock. I will always take the cock. All right. So doctor and I are doubling up on. Yeah, we got to go against Gus. I mean, fuck. Yeah. Doubling up on the Cox. Cockpits. So uh, this next game is brought to you by Cronenberg, 1664. Phenomenal a, beer. Sorry. Very good beer. Uh, I was excited. They had the 16-ounce four-pack at Lukens. Um, but we got Georgia coming off a huge win at home against previously number one Tennessee. Uh, Georgia will probably be number one now after Ohio State kind of scuttling a little bit before opening up a big victory. They go to Starkville to take on the Pirate, who is a 16-point home underdog after a very underwhelming victory against Auburn, needing overtime in a weird game that I watched like the last probably 10 minutes of. I still think Cadillac Williams has like a tapeworm or some sort of. I mean, he looks like he's like weighs 150 pounds. But anyway, we'll get to that next week or next game. Georgia, huge, huge victory. Looked very impressive. I mean, I watched that game. It looked like they knew what Tennessee was doing on offense before Tennessee did. There was just no room. And the few times Tennessee did get a guy free downfield hooker was under duress and not to uh, deliver an accurate throw Jalen Carter all over the field. I hate to say it, but they just look like a very well-motivated and well-coached team. Uh, they, I don't think they missed a tackle, at least not one that I saw. Um, and when you look back at kind of their season, so they had a, I think a, Less than stellar victory against Kent State, but 
And then they had that Mizzou game. But that Mizzou game, if you look at the stats, they pretty much dominated. They had a few, I think, a fumble in certain territory. And, like, I think they missed on fourth down. But, you know, you look at their first win. Granted, it was really early in the season. But Oregon is looking amazing. Bo Nix is looking amazing. It makes you think, should he have just had a good coach his whole career? I don't even know who Oregon's coach is. Did you really just say Bo Nix looks amazing? He's yeah. been great all year since that I first. I know, game. I know, but it's just he's hard to hear. Using, he's finally using that acne cream. So yeah, yeah. It's that. Uh, I think it's the the moisture in Oregon's good for him. So Oregon's uh, coach is is Dan Lanning. So the Bulldogs' old D, D coordinator. Okay. I think that's why I thought early on in the year that Oregon may give them uh, kind of a test. I thought he may know something, but yeah, that's just Georgia. And I think in assessing Georgia, it, like you, I think you mentioned this, because the bias maybe is getting in our in the way of our picks. And now I hate them. Uh, one of their biggest fans, who was a senior partner in my first law firm, is one of my least favorite people I've ever met in my life. Uh, so I think that is coloring a lot of my assessment of Georgia, and I'm about to kind of get off the Bama love. And it's not Georgia love, but Georgia respect. They're really young, too, which is kind of scary. Other than their quarterback, it's a lot of young guys, and it just really sucks. That's all I'm saying. So, obviously, I think I've tipped my hand here. I'm in Mississippi State. They barely beat Auburn, who's been terrible all year, and all they can do is run. And Georgia can run, and they can also sprinkle in some play action. So I, I think Georgia uh, is going to win this going away. Um, so I'm taking the the Athens Bulldogs in Starkville. Will this be a letdown game for Georgia? Coming off that win? So. Okay. Just, just cross my mind. I mean, they are going to Starkville. So it's an away game. Who knows? They may have thought they won the national title. No, they didn't. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, how can I say this? It would surprise me if they won, but it wouldn't be like, oh my God, like what the fuck just happened? I wouldn't see that. Does the pirate have a get back coach? (laughs) They need one. Yeah. He needs to get back away from the folding chairs. Do you see what he did on the sideline? No. What do you do? Oh, he, I took guess. All, he took all the chairs and threw them aside. Yeah, he closed all the folding chairs and Man. put them aside because he said his players didn't deserve to sit down, I guess. It oh, was really? Awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you just see him over there. It's like, shouldn't you be, like, watching the game or coaching or nope. something like that instead of – Got to close chairs. Folding chairs so your players can't – No, I don't, I don't think Mississippi State's that great of a team and – yeah, I think Georgia's just going to keep rolling. They're going to keep rolling till whoever they see in in Atlanta. Not much else to say on this one, Bulldogs. <clears throat> Not in the same way. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate Malt, you know, saying what I, you know, or, or referring to what I said. Uh, I think the only thing at this point I can hope for as a Gator fan, not as a you know, unbiased picker, which have I ever been, um, is that Kirby Smart, like, wins another national championship becomes the next coach of, like, the fucking Cowboys or the Falcons or, or somebody. He needs, he needs to leave. He needs to leave. I, I underestimated him. I mean, I don't think that was unfair because he did – he built a program and he had struggles along the way, and how dare he not win the national championship right away uh, as much as I hate Kirby Smart, he has actually done a – and it wasn't like – I don't want to, like, act like, you know, he, he inherited um, a dysfunctional situation. I mean, Mark Richt had a number of top ten, you know, not only teams but recruiting classes, and, you know, they have one or two losses a year for a number of years, three losses, so forth and so on. So I don't want to act like Kirby Smart inherited a dumpster fire, but he definitely – was whatever that was needed um and you know and and and, um and so this is kind of a mea culpa a little bit about uh, all the the georgia hate or doubting i've been doing over the past couple years which is 
very hard to say and, and admit, but um, I, I think what I'm doing is I'm hoping that, the, that there's a future out there for Florida in a circumstance like where we have been kind of like a not, you know, where we've been in our circumstances and maybe, maybe that's where Napier is, you know, some fucking redneck with a bad haircut. You know, maybe that's what, maybe, maybe we've got, we found ours. Um, I, I watched a, a decent amount of like, you know, the last half of the, um, of the Mississippi State Auburn game, and it, it was cool to see Cadillac Carnell Cadillac Williams's um, enthusiasm. I, I don't think that's. I mean, it was almost kind of like a. I don't. Um, I don't mean this disparagingly, but he was very kind of high school coachish on the side, you know, um, the jumping up and down. It was awesome to see, but it's not the kind of thing that's gonna. That's the kind of shit that's gonna get old when times get tough in Auburn or any team. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's like the future of that. I think he needs to like, you know, maybe coach at like a smaller school in the seven year, build them his way up, but he definitely has a knack about him. And, uh, he was having a lot of fun and it was exciting to see. Um, but, uh, Auburn or Mississippi state had no business struggling against a, a you know, an interim coach a not good Auburn team. Um, and, and, and show me that they are at all in the same ballpark as Georgia. Um, this is going to get ugly. And so I'm taking Georgia on the road with the Cowbells. They don't care. Mississippi State wins this game. Oh. Calling it. Good. So the 7.30 game, Texas A&M traveling to the Plains of Alabama. Auburn, Alabama. Auburn is sitting at a, a two and a half point favorite at home against a, I presume, still depleted AM team. Less uh, depleted. Pardon me? A little less depleted. Less depleted. I mean, it was just the flu and they have top notch. I presume they should have top notch medical care. So I'm sure most of them are back, um, including uh, uh, whatever, White Guy McGee, their new quarterback. Um, they're going to be probably a little hungry for a W. Um, A&M has had a, a pretty, pretty horrific season, given the fact that they are probably the they have the highest paid coach in the game. And, and, and I mean, like long term, I don't know if it's annual. Um, Auburn, speaking of coaches, it's um, definitely they, highest paid per win. Yeah, definitely. This year. And per buyout, for God's sakes. I mean, he's got that absurd buyout that I reference every single week. Like, I'm the only one who knows that information. Um, Auburn, speaking of which, um, they uh, are still uh, riding their interim coach, Carnell Cadillac Williams, who was previously mentioned in the previous game. Um, he, he, they lost the game at Mississippi State, but it was an overtime and it was close. And it was very, very exciting and interesting. And I know he found it very exciting. Uh, but I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little crazy here because I don't think much of AM, but I do think that provided their freshman quarterback has a game of modicum success, I feel like AM is probably gonna be able to win this game. And so um, I mean three it's under three points. It's basically a fucking no line with a if I'm if I'm considering the uh, the opponent. So uh so yeah, I'm gonna take a And M. I don't I don't love it because I, I don't love the words I just said. I'm gonna take a And M, but uh, I don't know. I just don't think I don't think there's anything great about Auburn. And and we already we already all talked about how disappointed we are at Mississippi State. So that game last week don't mean she is a either. So yeah, I'm gonna take a And M. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, Auburn runs the ball a lot, and a And M has one of the worst run defenses in the country. I believe Malt referenced that. So, yeah, I mean, this is a stay. I would stay away from this game. Don't bet this game because who knows? Who fucking knows? I mean, if you're, I guess if you're going to bet anything, take the under. It's 49. So I don't see this as being a high scoring shootout that it may have once have been. Yeah, I just, Texas AM is garbage, but Haynes King is back, right? Or not Haynes King, the freshman's back, right? Because he's he's over the floor. Yeah. Connor Eichmann. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Like, fuck, I don't know on this one. You know what? I'll go with my boy Carnell. 
Cadillac Williams, God bless his knees, because they're no longer alive. May they rest in peace. Man, he would have had a great career with the Bucks. But yeah, give me Auburn. I'll take Auburn. He was jumping up and down last week. Well, yeah, he's not. It's not jumping up and down is not playing in the NFL. So you know that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know, I heard it was, and then uh, I changed my mind. You're right. You're right. It's a little different. I believe Ronnie Brown was taken before him, which he was. Carno was the better back in the NFL. I know Brown was the guy at Auburn when they were both there, but I don't know. Gruden fell in love with him. Enough Carnell talk. Yeah, well, Gruden took his ass because he fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl in lieu of uh, drafting. Uh, Mr. Hiawaska, Aaron Rodgers. That's correct. Um, so shout out here. I actually just got a tweet from a loyal listener, Alex in Clearwater, who is currently in Munich, Germany, for a trip related to the Buck game. That's uh, outstanding. And he sent me a video clip of him touring the Hofstra House in Munich, which I've actually been to. Um same here. They've got it's packed, and there are a bunch of buck posters everywhere. Does so he have tickets? Cool. Does he have tickets? He does not have tickets. Okay. As far as I know, he actually reached out to me if I had any leads, but everything that I had a line on, which was very limited, was like completely sold out. But uh, anyway, I'm jealous. I wish I was in Munich. Yeah, but, I wish yeah. I was there. I wish I could get a ticket to that game. That's impossible. Yeah. 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 But um, with respect to this game, uh, I have no fucking clue. I mean, A&M can't stop the run, or at least they couldn't against Florida. Granted, they were a little bit, I mean, definitely depleted due to uh, the uh, flu. And honestly, I think, you know, because you probably owe people some apology because you said it was just the flu. And that's going to bring back a lot of bad memories from the COVID hysterics who, when they were told that it was just the flu. Um, so you might want to check yourself next time you start talking about deadly diseases like COVID or the flu. But, I am a doctor. Um, I think I've already established that. I am a doctor. If yes. not, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, grant you uh, uh, amnesty. Amnesty. Yeah. Oh, thank, man, gosh, I, I was a little worried about yeah. that because not not only as a COVID denier, a fully vaxxed COVID denier, but from the other side, maybe someone who took a little too far. I think they deserve amnesty. Yes, I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't think of amnesty for some reason. I, the the only word that was in my head was clemency, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work here. Well, that's because you got that COVID brain fog. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Um. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty foggy about how to go about in this game. You know, Cadillac brought a ton of joy and enthusiasm to Auburn, which I think is just what they kind of need now. Um, but that wasn't, a, I mean, that only goes so far. You need to direct it in a rational way. And so some of the, even like the color commentator was talking about, you know, they're taking the, he took like, he wasted a bunch of timeouts. It's like, to, to freeze the kicker. And theoretically, if he makes the kick and you have two timeouts, you can maybe get down and get another kick. But yeah. anyway, um, who did Cus- or, uh, Gus take? He took Auburn. Auburn. All right, I'll take A&M. I got to make up some ground. Love it. What about the Dr. Riffick? How do you feel about this game, Doc? Doc takes uh, A&M. The uh, tiger has his tongue. <laughs> um, Shut up, asshole. That's probably about right. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I apologize for dismissing all of their. Oh no, wait! I'm sorry. You can never apologize. Adam Carolla told me. Once you apologize, they take an, They take an inch. Well, gosh, fellas, I mean, uh, what do you any any big plans this weekend? Uh no. Um. It is Veterans Day, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get some free food somewhere. Make sure and so, stand up at every sporting event you can possibly go to. Yeah, I'll I'll be doing a lot of that. 
So, and I actually work for a company that, that, um, man, I am losing my train of thought on words that observes. Brain fog. Jesus. COVID fog. COVID fog. So I guess that'll be my weekend Saturday. Got to take my wife's car in. All right. All right. right. Watch football. That'll do it for the Bourbon Boys podcast. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsor, Pandemic Sauce Company. That's pandemicsaucecompany.com. Ever enter Bourbon Boys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, follow, and share this episode with your friends. I'd ask for any last thoughts, fellas, but I think we're all done. So for Malt Liquor Gus, our drunk ass producer, Dr. Terrific, I am Cousin Bailey saying go. Stay.